This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And if you're listening, you should know that if you donate anything to the Patreon page, if you give anything to Patreon, I have a special interview that's going up this weekend. It is with an actress named Alice Gretchen, who starred in an ABC Family show a few years ago called The Lying Game. She has a new book coming out this week called Wayward, a memoir of spiritual warfare and sexual purity. And I I mean, of course, you don't know a stranger's backstory necessarily, but her story about coming from a fundamentalist Christian background to not that <laughs> is, uh, I don't say this that often, it's so unbelievably well-written and surprising. And I've read a lot of these types of memoirs. It was an amazing conversation uh, it is going to be available to Patreon subscribers for the next week, and then we'll put it out on the main channel after that. But uh, if you subscribe to Patreon, you'll get a first crack at that. Cool. Jessica, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Just, you know, living my same life that I've been living for the last 50 weeks or so. How are you, bud? Join the club. Yes. The same. <laughs> I... <laughs> I I feel like it's been a year since Biden has been elected, but I realized someone posted this and I couldn't, I had a hard time grasping it. I've heard Trump's voice so little over the past week and it's so weird. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love when I get push notifications, not having a small panic attack. Yeah. I love, uh, it's just very good and great. I like that the argument is, are Democrats doing enough? Because they could, but they haven't yet because of other reasons, but not the world's on fire in a new way. Here it is. It's just a nice change. I mean, I am immediately over people who are already complaining that Biden isn't doing enough. Like, it's been (laughs) a week and he's actually done a fuck ton yeah which we'll talk about in a little and bit like, and, and to be fair like i do not think he is above criticism or anything like that it's just one of those things like whoa, whoa wait you went from trump who called mexicans racists but now you're mad that he, like that biden didn't go far enough on this like gay rights bill like i don't know <laughs> I right. don't know. Let's I don't blame know. all 427,000 COVID deaths on Biden. I think that's the only reasonable option now. Right. I think I tweeted so, like, oh my God, did you see that tweet? Oh God, maybe yesterday or the day before. Time has no meaning. That somebody's already complaining. Like they posted a picture of the White House and there was a cord going from <laughs> a TV to a wall. And somebody During took a, a press picture. briefing, there was a yeah. cord on the ground. Like, and yeah. And, and uh, Mikey says if he was Navy tech, he would have been fired for that. But like, he's, I think being dramatic, um, he said a hundred percent, he'd be fired for that. Anyway, Michael is the third person of our podcast today. Um, no, anyway, it's, it's just one of those, like someone was legit never complaining been about that. Yeah. That would have never been allowed in Trump's white house. And it's like, <laughs> well, you had a diet Coke button. I don't know what to tell you, bud. Yeah. Anyway, well, oh, you know I, what? Hey, yeah. have you watched the show Ted Lasso? Because it's all I want to talk about. I have not. We just finally got Apple TV. And so we're catching up to things that people have been telling me to watch for like six months. Fuck, Ted Lasso is so good. Oh, boy. I'll add it to the list of things I won't watch. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's do our podcast. Right. 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 Um, okay. This story has nothing to do with politics. So I figured we'd start with this. There is a Christian school called Rejoice Christian Ooh. School in Oklahoma. Um, it's a, point? Uh, no, that's just me. Oh. And it's a K to 12. Sorry. It's a K to 12 school. K 12 school. And their website says our goal is to quote, be a Christian school that provides students with excellence and education and strength and character, unquote. No surprise there. That is what they try to pretend to do. Okay. So here's the story there's a little girl, eight years old. Her name is Chloe. Apparently, on the playground one day earlier this month, because they are meeting in school, she told a girl in her class that she had a crush on her. <clears throat> that was it. That's and cute. now she's expelled. No. Uh, how, tell yeah. me about how old she is. Eight. Fuck me. Yes. No. Basically, the vice principal sat her down and said, the Bible says you can only marry a man and have children with a man. And the girl was crying, and she asked, does God still love me? <gasps> what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? I don't know. We don't know what he said to that. But we don't know the ending of this story? <laughs> we don't know the ending of what he said to that line. But basically, that was the start of the drama. He didn't kick her out because she had a crush. Okay. But after she got in trouble, like to the point where she had to talk to the vice principal about it, uh -huh. her mother was pulled into the conversation. And they asked the mother, do you know what your daughter said? And her vice, the vice principal said to the mother, how do you feel about girls liking girls? Like, aren't you mad at your daughter just like I am? Uh -huh. And the mother, uh, Delaney Shelton, said, I don't actually care. Um, I'm fine with it. Like, uh -huh. whatever. And then they're like, no, that's the wrong answer. Uh -huh. And so they kicked out her daughter. And they kicked out her brother who didn't do anything. What? Yeah, just the family is out because the mother disobeys their faith policy, which is you have to say gay people are awful, horrible people. And you also have to say trans people don't exist. So they kicked out the family for this. And to her credit, the mother went straight to the news and said, Good for her. yeah, this is what happened. To be clear. The school has every legal right to have a policy that says horrible, bigoted things. And if a family says we're not going to adhere to this, whether it's because they choose not to or because they had no idea what they were signing when they signed up their kids, sure. um, that happens. And the school has a legal right to kick out those families. This is not a legal issue. This is more ethics than anything else that instead of trying to educate this girl or give her a reason to stay there. They're just like, what? This thing that has nothing to do with what we're teaching her in school, really. Um, we're going to use that to just punish your family and whatever. You're all gone now. Like, it's, it's a reminder of why decent people should not send their kids to a private Christian school. And I would like to think they've now made this girl, they've given this little girl a memory that she can hold forever when she becomes older and realizes she's an atheist. God, it's it's so it's so sad and it's also a reminder of why we need to continue to fight and make sure that um tax money doesn't go to schools like this because it's yeah. like if this would if this was a um a public school like I, I, it, it, just shit would be burned down. It would be absolutely <laughs> outrageous. It, it's right. Just, it would never happen like, at a public. Twenty twenty. I, I think 
it's it's really interesting when people kind of act as if being being queer is now completely safe and completely like you know if you come out anywhere in the world you will be you'll feel safe there are many many places where it's not even close to being true including being able to get kicked out of a school because you had a crush on a girl and the fact that he's like um girls can only marry boys like sir she's eight like what do you think she's that's what her her mom said i think the thing that hurts her mom the most and my impression of the mom from the brief interview she gave to the local news is she really doesn't think much about religion period like she thought oh it's a christian school that sounds nice i'll enroll my kids there i'll sign the paperwork and when they kicked her out she's just like i don't know why they're punishing her for something she probably doesn't really even understand oh yeah absolutely Um, an eight-year-old saying they have a crush is like eight-year-olds say they have crushes on their parents it's not yeah yeah yeah. um and so like i don't think the mom knew what she was signing on to but now she's clearly learned that the hard way but it's also messed up that you're telling a child in the middle of a school year hey get out go somewhere else which is you're like this yeah or whatever Um, oh that sucks hammett that was a strong bummer yeah well have you heard our podcast i know let's go to this story there is a man named dr robert royal he is the president of the faith and reason institute in washington dc but all you need to know about him is he is a conservative catholic he runs conservative catholic things And he wrote an article this week basically calling Joe Biden an anti-Catholic Catholic. Catholic. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read you some of why he said this. Okay. Uh, The thing that's most unprecedented that's given rise to these recent in-house Catholic squabbles is the election of a self-described Catholic president who not only believes personally that abortion, gay marriage, (laughs) in quotation marks, he performed one as vice president. Trans- <gasps> transgenderism, the civil rights issue of our time, he quotes Biden, essay, and much more are matters of overriding political urgency, despite the long teachings of the church in American history. Dot, dot, dot. Uh-huh. When a Catholic politician openly chooses to follow his wayward political party rather than his church, lays out a whole set of policies that will negatively impact the church and immediately sets out to implement them, he is seeking neither civic unity nor religious fidelity. So the question is, is Joe Biden bad for Catholics? I mean, I don't know, probably the bigoted ones. (laughs) I was thinking, like, if you're thinking about the Catholic Church over the past couple of decades, it doesn't have a lot of good stuff going for it, whether it's Mm -mm. the abuse scandals, the... Mm -hmm. A battle against same-sex marriage, whatever it is, like they had a chance with Pope Francis to get good PR, and they have gotten a lot of good PR out of that, even though he holds all those awful views. Right. I would argue Joe Biden may be the best thing for the Catholic Church in a long, long time, um, where he's a prominent Catholic, I think right. that's an understatement. He's a guy who wears his religion on his sleeve, goes to church every week, talks about his faith to my annoyance all the time, <laughs> and like happens to also be a decent person. Like the church should be embracing that, like the Mormon church did with the Book of Mormon musical. Like, we don't right. love it, but it's probably good to draw attention to us. And here's these people saying, by the way, 
Joe Biden has not really signed legislation that advances all this stuff. Uh, he's the stuff he has done, which I will agree with uh, Doc, uh, Mr. Royal on here, uh, Dr. Royal on here. Is he rescinded abortion restrictions that Trump mm-hmm. signed with an executive order? He has made sure via executive order that anti-discrimination uh, rules are in effect and that trans people can be in the military right. and not be kicked out for being openly trans. Right. Um, yeah, he reversed the damage on that stuff. And so far, that's kind of it in terms of the social issues. But I just want a, a couple things about that. One is if this guy thinks Joe Biden is anti-Catholic or somehow like, I don't know, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing sort of thing. Nearly half of all U.S. Catholics support abortion rights in all or most cases. 57% of U.S. Catholics support marriage equality. Joe Biden is pretty much like most U.S. Catholics on a lot of the controversial social issues and probably more devout than way uh, than the majority of people who would call themselves Catholic in terms of church attendance and how devout he is. And I would also bring up Oh, one other thing, which is that look at the stuff he's done in his one week in office. It really hasn't been a lot of culture war stuff. I know they get outsized attention, but in terms of the most consequential things he's done, he has he's arguing that he wants to pass legislation that would allow immigrants to pursue legal citizenship. He has pushed to make healthcare more affordable. He wants COVID relief. These are things a lot of religious people, conservative religious people, would tell you they also want. Right. So, in a lot of ways, Trump, um, sorry, Trump, uh, Biden is doing exactly <laughs> what a lot of religious conservatives want him to do. And yeah, he also happens to be a Democrat, pushing for things that a lot of Democrats want as well. But if you're saying he's anti-Catholic, as if he's doing something bad for the church like i think that's completely backwards even if you're a conservative catholic except the fact that okay he's a liberal catholic as far as that'll take him he's not liberal enough but he's Mm -hmm. liberal ish and he's actually the spokesperson you would want if you are a member a leader of the catholic church he's the sort of person who would make people want to go back to church rather than the ones we've seen who push people away from it Right. Uh, who This guy who wrote this article, what is his position? Is he like a member of like the Catholic church hierarchy or is he just a dude? He is not. He is a dude who kind of runs those Catholic religious think tank type. Oh, places. gotcha. Yeah. I- and also nothing, tr- nothing Biden did this week. The trans military reversal, the, the um, anti-discrimination rules none of that impacts the catholic church because no one's forcing like priests to do anything that they're religiously uncomfortable with Uh, right i mean that's i mean and that's what it always comes down to isn't it that liberals want we we want to be able to control what we do whether that is control like whether or not we're pregnant or who we love or how we you know, identify, you know, how we identify with our gender and conservatives and Catholics want to control us. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they, it, it's this 
Think about the most prominent Catholics from the Trump administration, at least in terms of press coverage and stuff. You got William Barr. Mm -hmm. You got Amy Coney Barrett. Mm -hmm. Like those were the the Catholics who were in the spotlight as of several months ago. I don't know, even if you are a Catholic, I don't know how that's good for your brand, given all the controversy surrounding them. Well, Joe Biden is like the least controversial dude in politics. He's boring. That's the criticism of it. Right. Well, what I think is interesting is that this kind of shines a little spotlight on the fact that religiosity and morality are obviously not tied. Because if two people both identify as Catholics and say they draw from Catholic faith, and if they are positing that their religion has all the moral answers. Why are, why don't they agree on this thing? If they both believe in the same thing, they should mm. get the right results. So it's almost like your religion doesn't have a lot to do with whether you're a good and moral person. I don't know. I don't know. I might have overstepped there, but who knows? Yeah. I, the idea that Joe Biden is insufficiently religious coming after four years of evangelical Christians bragging about how they finally got like one of not necessarily one of their guys, but someone who supports them. Right. It's like that is not going to look good in the future. I hope if history yeah. is written that way. <laughs> yeah. Trying to drag Catholics back to the 1950s is probably not going to go as well as they think it is. <laughs> The, uh, there was a study that came out. What this if they week. shifted yeah. back and like went back to having masses in Latin? They're like, actually, fuck you. <laughs> we don't want you to understand any. Biden of did that, or the Catholic Church? If, if the Catholic Church did that, if Biden did all of they his, should. I mean, they're headed in that direction backwards. Funny. They're heading in that direction backwards I mean, anyway. Right? Like, doesn't that feel like the next logical step of like, no, 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 we hate all this modern bullshit and we hate English. And did you know the sun revolves around the Earth now? It does. It's yeah. a, uh, yeah, yep, yep. Catholic yep. Very stuff. on everything now. <laughs> Just keep moving backwards. There was a study that came out this week from Lifeway Research, which is an arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, but their uh, research isn't necessarily wrong because of that or anything. But basically, they asked people, uh, they asked conservative Christian pastors, like Protestant pastors, have you heard conspiracies from your congregation? Have you heard conspiracy theories uttered or spread by members of your church? And 49% of those pastors said, yep, I've definitely heard people in my church, or like whether it's on Facebook, members spreading it online or in the building or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Half of pastors basically hear the spread of those assumptions often. And the, the study, the LifeWay research director was like, that is a startling disconnect, which made me laugh because what is religion if not a giant conspiracy? Right. <laughs> but also they also found in the study, the pastors who were more likely to hear conspiracies, 61% of them, those were churches with more than 250 people in uh-huh. attendance. So uh-huh. the megachurch pastors. Sure. Uh, white pastors were more likely to hear conspiracies than black ones. Huh. Uh, Churches with male pastors were more likely to hear conspiracies than ones with female pastors. And uh, those, uh, anyway, th- that's the gist of the study that came out. And the question I was trying to figure out here, because this is not the purpose of the study, is where, if you're one of those pastors and you're saying, I hear these conspiracies in my church, mm-hmm. I 
they are wrong, whether it's talking about QAnon or whatever, I accept that that is not true, that is wrong, and yet members of my church are, are spreading it. What does Shouldn't that tell you something about mm-hmm. either the type of church you run or the type of clientele you attract? And like, what are these people going to do about it? Like, well, it, do you remember a couple of weeks ago after Trump was banned from Twitter that yeah. a lot of conservatives are like, Twitter is getting like, I don't know, arbitrarily lowering my follower count or they're banning my followers. Oh, yeah. like, they're just banning Nazis and conspiracy theorists. Uh-huh. I think it says more about you than Twitter. Yeah. Um, but it's the same idea. Like if you're the pastor of a church who says, yeah, man, conspiracy theories are everywhere in my building. Right. They're wrong, but they're everywhere here. I think that's telling on yourself. Well, I mean, it also kind of presents this impossible position they've put themselves in that they are asking their followers to believe in whatever they believe in uncritically. That that feels like a kind of a big tenet of, of religiosity is you read these stories in the Bible and whether you interpret them as myths or whether you interpret them as literal historical facts, you are this is the truth and this is, you just have to take my word for it and you have just have to take the Bible's word for it. It should not surprise us then that these same people are gullible in other parts of their life, right? right? Like if you, if your entire morality system is based around basically somebody saying, this is what's good and this is what's bad, fucking trust me, dude. Mm-hmm. then if somebody else tells you, I know the truth and this is the truth, then why wouldn't they believe them? Like, why wouldn't they believe Q if they know as much about Q from QAnon as they do about Jesus, right? Right. Like, if if conspiracy theories are rampant in your church, one, like you're saying, that's probably telling on the the lack of critical thinking and the right. just trust me sort of attitude. That's, that's the pastor's fault. Uh-huh. But also, I want to know, like, are they troubled by it? What are you doing to kick those people out of your church or fix them? Like, cause if you're just saying, well, it, I guess these people are spreading it in my church. Anyway, let's go back to business. Right. Nothing's going to change. So I, I understand they might not want to say, well, I'm going to kick those people out. If they believe that stuff, they want to keep them in the church and try to help them in their perspective. Of course. But again, what are you doing about it? Are you delivering sermons that say these conspiracies are wrong? If you believe it, you have fallen for a lie. I don't know if they're, they're not sending those messages. I have yet to see videos of megachurch pastors spending any time talking about all those other conspiracy theories and how they're wrong and how anyone believes them has fallen under some spell or whatever magic words they use in church now. Right. Or ha- have any discussions among leadership about how to unbrainwash those members. Because like you were saying, I think it's going to be a hard sell to say, how do we deprogram these people from believing one conspiracy theory while telling them the one I'm telling you is legit and you should mm-hmm. believe my version of it. Like, I don't know how you tow that line. I don't know how you, uh, whatever the metaphor is. I don't know how you do that. Right. Um, I mean, it's not like, I'm saying atheist groups are devoid of any uh, liars in that sense, (laughs) but it's not like they're trying to rein them in. And I suspect that you would find much fewer of them again. Like I'm saying, when all those conservatives are saying, all my Twitter followers are leaving, you know what? I have a bunch of Twitter followers. I didn't notice any appreciable drop in them. You know why? Because I don't attract those people. Yeah. It didn't affect me. It didn't affect a lot of liberal people. 
It's not a random thing. If, yeah. Of course, if you're spreading lies, you're going to attract liars or people who fall for them. Yeah. And that's not to say everybody should be responsible for everyone who follows them, right? Like that's that's not fair. But I, I think you said it very well. Like if a lot of your follow, a lot of people who find what you say appealing are also racist, misogynistic Nazi monsters, I don't know, maybe take a little glance in the mirror and see what uh, what they see there that's so appealing to you. Yeah, these um, people are, are, they like you for some reason, Pastor. Yeah, I can't put my finger on it. Do you know who uh, Sean Feut is? F-E-U-C-H-T? Yeah. Sean Foyt. We've, Foyt. we've discussed him. He's the Christian super spreader, the, the musician who keeps saying, I'm going to hold a concert for thousands of people. Uh, you don't need to bring a mask. Just come worship with me, everybody. This is a prayer service. They can't stop me. And then COVID spreads and we all get to watch it spread. And then he just spre- goes to different cities and spreads it. Yeah. Anyway, he's selling a shirt on his website that says Jesus Christ Super Spreader. And like, obviously, him. I mean, Obviously, I would never, ever purchase that shirt from him. But if somebody wants to make me a Jesus Christ super super spreader shirt, I would wear it in public. Every Um, time I hear that phrase, I sing it in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle voice. Jesus Christ, super spreader. Oh, okay. I, I couldn't figure out your, your, there you go. your rhythm there. Yeah. You don't sing it in... Wait, 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 heaven. You don't sing it... In the form of the song that it is, Jesus Christ Superstar? No. It's right there. Jesus Christ Super Spreader. All right, that one works too. Yeah, I know, because yeah. it's based on the song, Hammond. <laughs> Wait. <sighs> I cannot be the only cultured person on this podcast. It's exactly. Sorry, you are. Uh, since we're talking about Sean Foyt, here's a story about Sean Foyt. I seriously have this in the list. Um. It turns out one of his super spreader concerts was in the city of El Cajon, California, which I think is near San Diego. So, again, hosting this super spreader concert in a big city. Well, guess who was one of his guests at the concert? Andrew Lloyd Webber. Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. So close. Okay. The mayor of the town. No. Bill Bells. Who was not, he wasn't just there. He was like a participant. He delivered the opening prayer for the concert and he told the local paper, like, they're all like, why the hell would you allow a super spreader concert in our city? California's struggling right now. Right. And he said, basically, uh, it was important because it gave people hope. But here, that wasn't even the craziest thing he said. They asked him, like, aren't you afraid that the virus is going to spread because no one here is wearing a mask? And I'm going to quote him directly. I want to emphasize I spoke with Sean Foyt, who told me contract contact tracing shows this is not spreading the virus. Um, I, he spoke to the Christian musician who's been spreading COVID everywhere he goes, and he said it was fine. That's like so being an arsonist. Should I worry about the fire? And the arsonist is like, no, everything's all right. And, fire the is mayor, and the mayor's like, all right, well, I guess I'll take your word for it. Far be it for me to second guess a mu- musician. It's funny. Uh, genuinely one of my favorite through lines of my of the time I have spent with the friendly atheist brand is people's willingness to believe science when it suits their ends and 
disregard it when they find it inconvenient. Like genuinely, one of the first things I ever wrote for Friendly Atheist was about somebody wanting to add the Loch Ness Monster to science books or something like that. And they were citing all of these like, quote unquote, like scientific findings of something. And it's like, whoa, wait, when do we use science and when do we not use science? Because I like to, I prefer that most things I believe are provable through, you know, scientific means. If that's not your jam, that's fine. But please, can you send me a guidebook so I know what I'm supposed to believe and what I'm not? It's very confusing out here. God, these people. Oh, here's speaking of crazies. Guess who's running for governor of Arkansas? Oh, my God. I like at least she's not running for Senate. Like that That, is the only solace I'm taking. mm. We're talking, of course, about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We are. We are. I don't even know if they have someone up in 2022, but she is running for governor in 2022. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Donald Trump's former press secretary, Uh professional Christian liar. Uh Uh, She said in her two and a half minute announcement ad, like there's a screenshot of her saying, I'm Christian, which is the primary uh, re- resume builder if you're running for politics if you're sure. running for any elected office in Arkansas she said my opponents are already turning their fire on me but here's the truth which is not true as <laughs> House press secretary I never had to worry about the far left and their allies at CNN and the New York Times defining me did you know CNN is the far left and the New York Times is the far left I did not know that oh, she said I never had to worry about them defining me because I have a creator who has already done that. I am a Christian, she said. Okay. Which I don't know what that has to do with governor. Um, So, yeah. And the sad thing is, not only does she have the name recognition you would want if you're launching a bid two years out, um, she is already raising money. She announced now, because pretty much the reason you would do it right now and not a year from now is... Uh clear the field as quickly as possible just so everyone knows don't waste your time i got this um and she wants to push republican possible challengers out of the race and there are no democrats in the race either just yet because (laughs) really why i don't think i think they know this is a futile effort so like why waste our time and money in this race They'll, they'll have somebody but it's not the sort of race it's like running for Senate in Mississippi. It's you can do it. You can run as a Democrat. You might even have a great candidate. They did last time, but it's such a long shot, no matter what you do, that it's like, who's going to really donate to that campaign? So Sarah Huckabee Sanders may very well, unless something weird happens, maybe the next governor of Arkansas. I just want to point out, since we've mentioned him on the web, uh, on the podcast so many times, State Senator Jason Rapert has already announced he's running for lieutenant governor, which oh. is a separate position you got to be elected for. It's not one ticket. Um, and that guy is a Christian nationalist who put up a Ten Commandments monument. He caught COVID after preaching in a no-mask church, basically, mask-optional church. He also threatened me because I quoted him, and he didn't like that. Oh, um, damn it. You know you're I, not supposed to quote mean people. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, th- there's no redeeming quality to that ticket or even Sanders alone because she doesn't want to do anything. Their entire platform and this is true of the last four years, it's just Christian supremacy. That and everything that's 
tan uh, that's a direct line from that. Mm-hmm. It's like anything that helps conservative white Christians, they'll go for it. So mm-hmm. abortion bans, sure. Uh, anti-LGBTQ stuff, sure. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the only thing they know how to do when it comes to governing. Well, yeah, their whole fucking platform is punishing people who are not like them. Yeah. That's literally all they do in government. Like, oh, you're poor? Fuck you. Oh, you're queer? Fuck you. Like, that's all they do. That should have been her campaign strategy. At least that would have been honest. Yeah. And concise. I bet her <laughs> her campaign slogan sucks. <laughs> her uh, campaign slogan is remember me. Uh, and that should do it. Like, she doesn't need anything else after that. I mean, she's gonna win. She's got name recognition, which is like 80% of the game at, like, state and local governments. It's like fucking Schwarzenegger became governor of California because there was 40 people on that ticket. And they're like, oh, I know that guy. He's the robot. And again, this is Arkansas, where there's no one to rein her in because the state legislature follows suit there, too. So that's gonna be... I mean, it's a problem. It's also a problem they have now. They just have someone with less culture war um training i guess has there been and obviously mike huckabee was the former governor of arkansas too so of course he's all in on this as well and she (laughs) he's got it started and she's gonna finish the job um wait i have an important question yes but I did forget what it was. I didn't sleep a lot last night. So let's just move on. Thinking of it, I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsor. L, uh, I've talked about this book before, but let me bring it up here. L had a small problem. Growing up in a secular household, she lived in a community that was dominated by one religion. She was one of the only kids in third grade who wasn't religious. And that became a problem when she would talk to her friends and they talked about their faith because they all went to church. They had no idea how someone could not go to church or pray. And they kind of told her she was going to go to hell, basically. And how did she know right from wrong? She must be immoral. And she would go back and tell her parents this, too. And the conversations she had, it it wasn't that they were judgmental or contentious. It's just her friends didn't get where she was coming from. And so her dad would help her out and try to give her answers that that she could tell her friends. And from their conversations, she ended up writing a book called Elle the Humanist, which is basically Humanism 101 for young readers. It even includes a foreword from Daniel Dennett, if you're a fan of his books. And it's just an awesome book. I've gotten feedback since we started talking about them on the site from people who have checked out the book. They really like it. They've ordered it from their local libraries. You can order the book at lthehumanist.com, E-L-L-E, lthehumanist.com. And if you use the link in the show notes or use the discount code Friendly Atheist, one word, all lowercase, you will get 10% off a purchase. So thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Did you think of your question? Um, No, but I did have an anecdote that I wanted to tell that I meant to tell last week and forgot. Uh, So my uh, Mikey, my husband and I are considering buying a new car. Okay. Um, because we bought a 09 Rogue last year and it just no longer starts. Um, anyway, we, so we went to, we have a Mazda and so we went to test drive another, another Mazda and the gentleman who was helping us, the sales guy, you know, he's sitting in the backseat as we're driving around chit chatting and just bullshitting. And he manages to slip into conversation. <laughs> So what? yeah, um, when I'm on my way to work, I just listen to a lot of Christian rap, you know? So, oh and God. I 
like my soul departed from my body and just like was staring at the road so hard. <laughs> and I haven't stopped thinking about it since I want to listen to Christian rap. I think that might be my next step in this sort of like weird personal it. branding that I'm doing here. Yeah. And like bragged about it. He also said that <laughs> his dog, he couldn't pray for a better dog. And so I've been saying that to Dottie a lot. <laughs> Even though, and I want to be very clear, I could pray for a better dog. She's an idiot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Dottie. She's spooning a stuffed animal right now. It's very cute. I must, is what you're saying. No, I'm, I mean, unclear, but if I do, I know it plays Christian rap real good. Yeah. It was <laughs> genuinely. Radio station preset is already there for you. <laughs> it genuinely felt like I was on like some sort of prank show. <laughs> like, I'm just like. If only he knew who he just said that to. And like, listen, to be clear, listen to whatever fucking music you want. Christian rap sounds terrible, but like fucking do what you do. But it was just a very funny little coincidence. And I just, oh boy, oh boy. He's a very nice salesperson. He's emailed me 37 times in the past week. So (laughs) you're never going to lose. That's my life now. There you go. Let's talk about what happened in Australia this week because it's it may not have generated a ton of headlines here. Um, you know how we have the uh, nation's highest civilian honor, like President Obama would give the Medal of Freedom to yeah. civilians, and then uh, Donald Trump gave it to like Rush Limbaugh, and now it means nothing. Yep. So in Australia, they have something called the Companion of the Order of Australia. It is the nation's highest civilian honor. And this is very cute. <laughs> yeah, this week it was announced that it would go to a woman named Margaret Court, who is, if you think of Venus Serena Williams, like how amazing they are at tennis, uh-huh. she has won more Grand Slam titles than I think Serena has. Or Whoa. Serena's like one Grand Slam title away from matching Margaret Court's success oh, uh, wow. from decades ago. And her name so is she, Court. That's very cute. Um, and she is so basically a famous Australian tennis star from the past. What is she doing now? Because she's, I, I don't know how old she is. She's much older now. She is basically a pastor of a very homophobic Christian church. Oh, so okay. Vocally against marriage equality in Australia before it became legal. She has, said LGBT, yeah, she has said LGBTQ people brainwash children just like Hitler did. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, when they announced she's getting this honor, people are like, what the hell? Why? Why are we giving this honor to her? And the answer is, well, because she's a famous tennis star. And they're also, it's like Kurt Schilling going into the Hall of Fame, which we were talking about before we started recording. It's like, yeah, motherfuckers, of- we talk about sports when we're off the air. I know, for about two seconds, and then we realize what are we doing? Um, but. <laughs> At least for the Hall of Fame, like your character off the field is a factor you're supposed to consider. It's not just your stats on the field. But for this honor, they're like, there's no rules for who gets this thing. But you would hope that what she does off the courts is is a factor in like whether she deserves an honor. It's like putting up a statue of um like uh, some Confederate general. It's like, why are we honoring this person? Look at their full life. It is not something we want to emulate. Right. And so condemnation came out as soon as it was announced she would be getting this honor. So Daniel Andrews, the premier of the state of Victoria and a member of the Labour Party, asked at a news conference, 
why her views, which, and I'm quoting, which are disgraceful, hurtful, and cost lives should be honored. Uh, Uh, Someone else said the award was, quote, a disgraceful insult to everyone Margaret Court has harmed by voicing support for apartheid and her decades-long campaign against LGBTQ uh, rights. (sighs) And basically, the prime minister, who is conservative, Scott Morrison, he, I'm paraphrasing here, he's basically said, I have nothing to do with this. It is an independent council that decides who gets the honor it is another government official who basically signs off on it don't blame me i didn't do this Uh, back away from it but i would agree with the critics saying like i don't care what she did on the tennis court this isn't an award saying like we're only looking at your tennis history and you did good so here's a tennis thing no it's a it's an honor that is meant to say our nation like respects you and she's not a respectable person. It's it, giving her the award would send a message that bigotry is okay, or that it could be glossed over, yeah, or yeah. that it's not a deal breaker for people in power. And it's also, I would argue, insulting to anyone else getting the honor who may very well deserve it. Oh, totally. But it's like it's like getting the Medal of Freedom now. It's like congrats, you now have the same award Rush Limbaugh has. <laughs> like, uh. what good is that now? Um, I know I'm focusing on the wrong thing, but did Hitler brainwash people? Are, I, don't think, I mean, I don't as think opposed he, to... I don't know, like, was able to easily villainize an out-group like we've d- been doing over and over for millennia? Like, it's not brainwashing, like my dude. If you want to call it that. Yeah, it's just... Sorry. Like, I, that was not the important thing. It just really bugged me. <laughs> Um, hey, can we talk about... So oh, by the way, I'm sorry, I forgot the most crazy thing she said this past year. Oh, okay, tell me. Margaret Court at her church when COVID broke out, and Australia, I believe, not, I know it's not New Zealand, but Australia has done fairly well, relative to us anyway, um, dealing yeah. with COVID. But she said she is not going to close her church down because the virus, quote, will not come near our dwelling. Because we are all protected by the blood of Jesus. Okay. Um, they're naturally immune to COVID because they're Christian. That is why no Christians have died from COVID ever. Did you yeah. know that? I did not know. I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me because Christians clearly have superpowers that we've all borne witness to. That's when that's why they've been the last Fascism does. Yeah, well, that's why they've been the last 46 presidents, is that they uh, <laughs> they have superpowers. Um, I would like to talk about a couple things that are not directly atheism related, but I think are interesting. Um, and. Where do you want to start? Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying, that's exactly why I just stopped talking because my brain wasn't catching up. Um, so I want to talk about the stock market, which is not something we generally cover in this I do have a history of writing for like financial companies, so it's not completely <laughs> out of me. So much about financial markets in general. <laughs> genuinely, okay, boy, oh boy, I could rant about this for years, but genuinely, my me learning about the markets in order to write market advice for like rich people is truly wild because I am a certified idiot. So. <laughs> The more I learned about the stock market, this is like uh, eight, nine years ago is when I was uh, doing writing like this. 
or when I started doing writing like this. And I realized that the stock market is bullshit and is not a an accurate reflection of anything that affects any regular person's life. I mean, excuse me, that's that's not fair. Like 401ks, things like that, like all of that shit happens. But in terms of just like trading stocks does not generate wealth for anybody besides the fucking stock traders. So the other day, Reddit basically caused an artificial bubble in the market and it scared rich people so much that they froze the stock market. And I just have a thesis that the stock market is astrology for dudes who wear those blue shirts with the white collars. Like it just, it is meaningless. And we all talk about it as if it's meaningful. Trump especially loved to pretend that the stock market is any kind of tie to um, to like reality or people's regular everyday lives. And it is absolutely not. And we know this because the stock market is doing really well right now. And guess what? Most of us are not doing really well right now. Um, so anyway, I think the stock market is bullshit and is voodoo. And I hope we get a, you know, fucking trash it once and for all. That's one. Two, um, Kellyanne Conway cannot stop fucking up. Like she. Story of her life. She is genuinely maybe the worst person in the country. Um, Kellyanne Conway is formerly a Trump aide slash her campaign manager, I think. Um, she's married to George Conway, who hates her, and she seems to hate him. And they have a daughter who hates them both, Claudia. She's 16. This poor girl, like she she came into prominence um, in 2020 because she was like basically calling her mom's bullshit out and her dad to, to a lesser extent. Anyway, this is what I, okay, so Kellyanne either accidentally posted a picture or was hacked. Um, and posted a picture of her 16-year-old daughter, Topless, on Twitter. Now, that is a bonkers thing to happen, period. But it somehow gets worse the more you find out about Like, you'd think a grown adult sharing child pornography of their own child is a pretty low bottom right like that has to be rock bottom unfortunately for claudia it's super not so claudia has said that what she thinks happened is she did she said she took this picture she she didn't deny having a a a nude picture which is whatever her fucking prerogative um and her mom she thinks what happened is her mom at one point confiscated her phone because of like grounding or getting in trouble or something She thinks her mom found that picture and, oh God, where did it go? Um, She said basically that she thought her mom saved that picture so she could hurt her in the future with it. Just a totally normal family dynamic. She, I I just, uh, it's so fucking horrible that this woman is blackmailing her own fucking daughter and then fucks it up this badly. And apparently there is like a video of Claudia talking about what was going on. And her mom was just like verbally 
abusing her, like telling her she was crazy and she was doing it for attention and nobody saw it. Um, so I don't know the the cops are looking into it because the problem is like this is full on child pornography. This is a picture that she shared of her topless minor daughter. And why is she not in jail right now? Like this, like she shared child pornography on Twitter. What the fuck? What do you have to do to get in trouble in this country? You can storm the Capitol and most people are like, yeah, maybe we should hear them out though. You only get zip ties and try to like murder a sitting vice president. If you have some legitimate grievances, maybe we should hear them out. And then this cunt is like, I'm not going to stop saying it. She shared child pornography of her own kid. These people are fucking monsters. And these this is the same party who is claiming the moral high ground over people like me and Hemet because we don't believe in God. Like, I have done some massive fuck-ups in my time. Never, ever have I shared a pornographic picture of a child. I've managed to go my entire 35 years without doing it. And it wasn't that hard. It wasn't even like a top five focus of my life. And yet here I am, child pornography-less. Anyway, I'm just really sick and tired of things have already gone back to normal in a lot of ways, which is good in many, many, many ways. However, it also means that we are going to go back to the both sides-ism of that, that we've had for years and years and years of like, oh my goodness, like, Oh, AOC wore red lipstick, but Kelly, like Kellyanne Conway shared child pornography. Who's worse? Unclear. <laughs> and I just hope that we, like you and I personally, and anybody listen, I hope we all stay diligent and not let the press get away with like this both sides system because it is going to destroy us. Uh, I think, was it Axios or something this week that said Marjorie Taylor Greene, the QAnon crazy Republican, like, do you know how bad you have to be to be the crazy Republican? Right, 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 right. But she's on the far right, obviously, and they're like, well, she's just like AOC is on the left. Like, no, they are not the same but opposite. MSNBC and Fox News are not the same but opposite. Yeah. Like, Um, you have to be completely ignorant about what these people do to make that claim that you're in the center, therefore you're somehow right or better than the sides. Um, also there's a man named Scott Galloway going back to the market, um, thing that was going on with the Robin hood app, which is a yeah. trading app. Um, somebody, all this man, Scott Galloway already wrote a think piece blaming the GameStop stock thing on women, not having sex with men. He oh, said, yeah, course, right? quote, it's about sex, specifically young men, not having enough sex, <laughs> enough sex, sex leads to relationships obligations and guardrails don't get in fights we need you don't gamble your paycheck we need to save for a house this man thinks that men are toddlers who need women to mother them into not crashing international markets when are we going to give men any responsibility how how is it even possible that this asshole blamed feminism on the stock market crash it is They will do anything they can to escape blame, make sure blame does not land on other white men, and find out how women are really the problem here. It's 
infuriating. It's exhausting. It's exhausting and it's infuriating. I'm fucking furious. So how much <sighs> do you have invested in GameStop? Oh my god. Also, like, uh, whatever. It's just so fucking wild that the problem with with stocks is that rich people treat it like a fucking casino. And then when normal people, us non-riches figure out how to game the system, they're like, what? No, uh, no, that's my money. I earned it by having money. And then God, I, hope the money. Just, I hope it's the first stock of many that they just mess with. I hope just to fuck over. <laughs> because we need to, we need to reimagine how finance works in this country. And boy, oh boy, if this is the way they burn it the fuck down, I'm here for it. I love the irony of it being called fucking Robin Hood. And as soon as like regular people started making like obscene money based on, and I can't be clear enough, it's not skills that they are using to earn money in the stock market. There's been tons of studies that say that like, even the best stockbrokers don't do much better than chance. It's all a fucking Ponzi scheme. <clears throat> but but the fact that as soon as like regular people started generating wealth for themselves, they're like, no, 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 no. That's our money. Uh, you can't have it. I need a 14th yet. Uh, what are you going to pay rent with it? Ugh. Anyway. Wow. How are you doing? I don't know. My energy got weird. I'm very tired, and that just sort of sent me on a on a tailspin. Um, do you want to talk about oh, what? I'll, I'm going to jump in with one update to a story we talked about a couple oh, okay. months ago. A few months ago in Poland, their right-wing government, like their version of our Supreme Court, basically said, hey, you know how abortion is already super restricted to only cases of rape? or if the woman's life is in danger, or fetal abnormalities. Those are the only cases in Poland where we will allow women to have an abortion. And then uh, a while back in October, they said, oh, you know what? We're going to say it's also illegal to have an abortion in the case of fetal abnormalities. Oh, cool. And of the 1,100 abortions, this is one estimate, in like 2020, 1,074 of them, nearly all of them, were abortions because of fetal abnormalities. Mm-hmm. So when they say, oh, that's illegal now too, they're basically saying it's abortion is effectively banned throughout the nation. When that ruling was made, and by the way, 14 of the 15 justices on that court were appointed by the right-wing government. So like there was court packing involved and it was all their buddies. Right. When that happened in October, there were massive protests in the streets mm-hmm. by people uh, by women, by allies who are just saying this is insane. And because of that, the government's like, all right, all right, we're not going to implement this anytime soon. Well, they implemented it this week. They said, hey, it's it's official now. Boom. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. So now abortion is effectively legal, uh, illegal in Poland. Women who need one or want one would have to travel out of the country to get one or go underground, mm-hmm. um, put themselves at risk, put a doctor at risk. Um, it's a decision that, again, it's what you expect in a heavily conservative Catholic country mm-hmm. with a right wing government that caters to that religion. And it's ultimately going to punish women mm-hmm. like this is what the Catholic Church wants. This is what they're celebrating. Anything that puts women in more danger, that's what a Catholic government's going to get you. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, this fucking sucks. Women, people with uteruses are going to die from this. And people who provide access to abortion, even when it's illegal, are going to die from this. Like, this is going to be an extraordinarily dangerous time to be a uterus-having person in Poland. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear that this is happening. Um, the other side of that coin is that when you elect Republicans, they, or excuse me, when you, when you elect Democrats in the United States, they don't do that shit as much. Um, so, uh, so Joe Biden's first week in office has just been a flurry of executive orders, many of which were just reacting to Trump's executive orders. And I, how do you feel about the, like the run of executive orders? What, what's your thought? I am good. Do all of them do anything you can right now. I mean, there should be a whole, I don't know how many more he has coming right now. But basically, if there's anything Biden can do unilaterally, go do it now before something crazy happens Does and it- then legislate the rest of it. I know they can be undone with a new president, sure. but who cares? Just go ahead and get it done. And then we'll talk about what needs to happen. Does it concern you that it sets a precedent for because I don't I mean, no, no, it's it it's, okay. it's legal. Trump used it to his advantage. And so I don't care that it's like unilateral and it could be undone. And it seems like it's just Biden signing what kind of whatever he wants in certain areas. Sure. But you know what? If that's what Republicans did, then Biden should absolutely do it because there's no other way to get shit passed right now. I know there are a couple loopholes that might allow them Democrats to get shit done with their Senate majority, Uh like their vote Senate majority without a filibuster issue. But it's like, again, just pretend you're Mitch McConnell. If he thought he needed to get rid of the filibuster to do anything, he would have done it. Yeah. The only reason the filibuster isn't gone already is because he either had the votes he needed to get away with stuff or his job was just blocking legislation. He could do that on his own. He didn't need to get rid of it. I genuinely hate the idea that Democrats are trying to think of a fair way to do anything like just ignore every Republican do the right thing. I know this is stupid, but sign Joe Biden's name on fucking checks that go out to people because a bunch of idiots are sold on that sort of thing. Like do it, play the stupid game that Republicans play. And maybe some of those gullible voters will fall for it while the smart ones are like, well, yeah, this is what you should have done anyway. Mm -hmm. So, Yes, pretend you're Mitch McConnell and just do it. Stop acting like anything needs... I hate bipartisanship right now. Because you (laughs) can't negotiate with crazy people, so stop trying. Yeah, Let Republicans get their house in order, and in the meantime, let the adults do their job. Yeah, but the problem with that is, like, the Republicans are being rewarded by their voters for just being obstinate. Who are fewer than ours. Yes, it's gerrymandered. Yes, it's, like, impacted in certain places. But again, all the more reason for the responsible people to override whatever they can right now, pass whatever they can right yeah. now. Yeah. And bas- I, I read this week, like the White House press office, like scheduled Kamala Harris to do interviews in West Virginia and in Arizona with local reporters there, which oh. normally you would not get hurt like get a vice president to do local interviews. But why those states? Because they need to convince the two most conservative Democrats sure. in the Senate, sure. uh, Manchin and Cinema, to just start passing stuff. Yeah. Not, it, get rid of the filibuster, but hey, we need you on board with this. Say you're going to sign on to the stuff that we can pass so we can get shit done because it's going to be good for you. 
Right. Yeah. And uh, boy, like, and especially right now when we actually have the Senate, which I still can't believe happened, like I'm pinching myself over it. You know, the, the Senate, it's not going to last. So it's not gonna last. The Senate is fundamentally not really democratic. You know, the, how I'm sure there's maps somewhere of like this two senators from California probably represent as many people as senators from like 12 different states combined like that. It, it just is what it is. And therefore it, it makes it hard to hold on to a, uh, a liberal Senate. So yeah, I guess right now this is the time to like, just get shit done, which it's only been, a, I keep reminding myself, it's only been a week and already a lot has happened. I know but, this like, is, it's weird for people who listen to a podcast like this. It's weird for us who talk about politics a lot, but no one in the country minus the handful of us who care about this sort of thing. No one cares about the filibuster. They just care about what you do when you are in office. And if Democrats can say, here is the giant list of shit we got done. Hey, remember the check you got? I think someone's, uh, I think I read like when Obama passed a tax uh, tax cut thing in when he was in office, like it basically went into your bank account and like most people never even saw it or noticed it unless they were looking for it. Right. So why, whereas Donald Trump would send the first COVID check or whatever with his name on it. Right. And again, I know it's stupid, but it makes a big deal to people who don't pay attention to politics because they have other things going on in their lives. So like go past stuff and then sell it. That's what Democrats need to do because a lot of voters who are not who don't pay attention to stuff would be like, well, okay, they're getting stuff done. I guess I will support them. Well, and there's a, a longstanding reality that democratic policies are very popular and Democrats are very unpopular. So you see conservative states passing what we would consider you know, very liberal ideas. The idea of like, Expanding Medicare is incredibly popular, but when championed by Democrats, our brand blows in the middle of the country, so people don't like it. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I think if we push through stuff that will positively, because that's, I mean. Don't wait. Republic, none of them, not Mitt Romney, none of them are going to give you the votes you need to get to 60 votes to override a filibuster, but you have 50 right now. Right. If you can get the other Democrats on board and give Joe Manchin a reason to say, this is why it's good for my conservative state. Mm-hmm. Like, fine, you do what yeah. you need. I, I have no problem with trying to convince Joe Manchin to like, let him take a different vote on other issues. Right. But for the shit they need to get done, just go do it. Stop trying to appease Republicans yeah. who will always water down a bill when they get their hands on it and then not vote for it ever. Right. Well, and and also, I think it's important to not lose the plot that, like, the reason I'm a Democrat, the reason I'm liberal or leftist or whatever, is because I genuinely believe that those policies, when enacted well and competently, are the best way to improve the lives of the most people in the country. I genuinely believe healthcare for all is a net positive for the country. Right. So... Because of the, and, and I genuinely believe like the outcomes will be positive and more and more people will be benefited by democratic um, laws and policies because of, because I believe that if we enact them, hopefully it helps people and hopefully they are then persuaded to continue to vote for people like that. Whereas it feels like Republicans 
only want to stay in power for power's own sake, which is not to say that like no Democrats are like that. Of course not. But are going to complain about anything Democrats do. So just do the right thing and sell it because you have nothing to be ashamed of. So I, I hope they get shit done. I'm not saying it, it, he's not doing a good job because it's only been a week, right. but I, it would be stupid of the party to, let Republicans drag this out for something they're never going to sign on to anyway. And I think Biden has come around on this too. He's trying to convince senators just get shit done. I hope they do. They need to. There's no reason to listen to a party that caters to conspiracy theorists and people don't wait for their input. You don't need it. They didn't offer it for years because their only reason for being is to own the libs and to block Democrats from helping people. Right. So don't listen to them. They have nothing to bring to the table. Yeah. When I, I including Mitt Romney, who cares? Just pass it anyway. When I say that I think ab- abortion should be safe and legal and available, I don't say that to fucking own the conservatives. I say that because I genuinely believe that that is a fundamental human right is to decide what happens with your body. Yeah, I mean, the Republican general, even if you go back decades, it's just federal government is bad. The more, mm -hmm. the less you have of the federal government, the better off you are. And we've seen over the course of decades, that's just not true. You need a good, effective government, and that can actually make a pretty big damn difference. Right. And But you need people who actually think that to push policies that help that. That's what the Democrats do. Right. So anyway. And I brought all of that up because on this past Thursday, which was his, right? His first, what day is it? 29th. Okay. Uh, I genuinely forgot what day it was. I thought they meant Thursday, the day after he was inaugurated. I'm losing my fucking mind. Anyway, Biden, um, he signed a memorandum to reverse restrictions on abortion access. mm -hmm. And I think this is important both domestically and abroad. Um, So one of the big things that often gets brought up is, is Title X. Um, and part of what that uh, what Title Ten dictates is if Amer- if America is going so say you're in a Eastern Europe and you are receiving aid from the United States taxpayer funded aid taxpayer thank you taxpayer yes you cannot even mention abortion or you will lose that money. Um, it is a way of enforcing our bullshit moral high grounds abroad in a way that nobody asked or wanted. But that was the thing is, okay, we'll give you money, but you have to kowtow to our bullshit that we believe, believe, which I just think is, it's not only terrible, it's so fucking condescending. Like it's so condescending that like these, these people don't know any better. So we have to tell them that abortion is bad. It's just, it's just, we have found time and time again that the best way to alleviate poverty is giving money to poor people. And in, in, despite knowing that, we're still like, well, uh, we're going to crowdfund one goat for you. You're welcome. Like, y- here is what here is our present to you instead of giving you money and like letting you fucking figure out how to make your life better. Anyway, so he repealed a bunch of those um Rules. There is a quote that he uh, he said he's reversing his prede- predecessor's attack on women's health access, which is great phrasing, and I'm very happy to hear that kind of um, tone coming from him. He also said that uh, the measure relates to protecting women's health at home and abroad, and it reinstates the changes that were made to Title X and other things, making it harder for women to have access to affordable hair 
affordable health care as it relates to their reproductive rights. So that was very good news because on the flip side of that, um, we have 14 states right now as of Wednesday, 14 states that have proposed anti-LGBTQ bills, many of which target trans youth. So the reason they're going to be red states. Yeah. Uh, you know, red states are going to pass things that hurt people when they have the power to do so. Again, their goal is not to help people. Their goal is to hurt. That is what Republicans stand for. And it's genuinely something that has taken me a very long time to accept. And I th- even to some extent, I still have trouble accepting it. The fact that the pain is the point. Causing suffering is the point. I I just think these people are genuinely unspeakably evil. They want to harm people for their own, I don't know, uh, I don't know why. I don't understand why. And it's the reason I don't understand Republicans. Like, it just seems to me that these people just want to cause harm wherever they go. So, I don't know, we've got Alabama, we've got Oklahoma, we've got Montana. It's just, they're so fucking, the amount of people pearl clutching on social media about trans athletes in high school is truly astounding. Like I saw somebody who's like all of girls opportunities are being taken away because there's quote unquote boys in dresses, which obviously is not what I believe it is. The same people who say that sort of bigoted things about high, like we just want to protect high school sports for women, stuff like that. Right. These are the same people who like mock the WNBA. Right. It's, they don't care. They're using that as cover to just pretend trans to try to will trans people out of existence. Like they're not doing it because they care about high school sports. I say this as the coach of a high school activity. Yeah. That's all I want. I said activity. <laughs> like, um, but they don't care. They don't know anything about high school sports. And they're not at they don't they don't pay attention to it. They're not really interested in that because they they aren't talking to high schoolers. They aren't talking to the athletes. They're just trying to pass this saying, we're doing this for the yeah. kids. They're gra- it's the definition of, of grandstanding. And it's so funny because like we, we see the ripple effects of positive lawmaking all over the place, especially when it comes to Title IX, which is a law. Oh, do you know when Title IX came about off the top of your dome? When it came about? Yeah. Uh, no. Um, can you look that up while I talk? Um, sure. Title IX was a uh, a policy that said there need to be as many uh, activities. 72. 72. 72. There, there need to be as many options for girls as there are for boys in high school. So if you have, you know, X amount of, sp- I don't know the logistics of it, but essentially it's like, yeah, you need to have a girls basketball team and a boys basketball team. And you need to have, you know, girls and boys gymnastics and cross country. And these... So that happened in 72. And then in the 90s, we saw this huge spike of like female athletes just dominating the Olympics and dominating the world that's that's held on to this day. And it's like, yeah, that's because people were given the opportunity to play tennis if their if their um school didn't have a women's tennis team. Anyway, like it sometimes I just wish Democrats would kind of dance in the end zone a little bit more. Right. And I think I mean the one good thing right now is that 
pretty much everyone who's in elected office was around, a lot of mm-hmm. them anyway, were either in elected office when Obama was there mm-hmm. or, I mean, cognizant of politics when Obama was there. And they're well aware that he did a lot of good things and never took credit in the way he should have. He never danced in the end zone about it. And they know that cost them. And I, I think the one thing I'm enjoying seeing, especially with Biden, who, again, not any of my first choices in the primary is that he's well aware of all of that, which is why he's part of the push saying like, let's pass shit and get it done Mm -hmm. because we should, it's the right thing to do. And also we should brag about it because people need to see that we do need to dance in the end zone because we're the only party that has the ability to do that. Right. Count on Republicans to do the right thing. So let's do the right thing. And let's brag about it because we've learned our mistakes from like recent memory. You don't have to stretch back 50 years to go back and like talk about what political history says we should do. Mm-hmm. Live through it. Yeah. Um, can you give myself and uh, listeners sort of a high level overview about how these state laws can ultimately turn into national policies? I mean, a lot of the things they are passing for LGBTQ rights, anti-abortion stuff, which is getting passed in a lot of red states right now, like full-on abortion bans, things like that, they are not necessarily constitutional. The reason Republicans are passing things like that is because they just want people to sue them over it, sue Mm -hmm. over the state law once it's passed, so that they can challenge it all the way to the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. because they think... Now that we have a super majority, a super con- uh, conservative super majority on the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. maybe they will uphold it and make that into law. Like the conservatives always say, no legislating from the bench. That's wrong. No judicial activism. But they're totally for it when it means like oh, anti-abortion totally. stuff, anti-LGBTQ stuff. So that's really what this is all about. They they know they can't get away f- with it because if they're passing these laws that are like no marriage equality in our state, abortion bans, no, like we're going to do that. They know it will get struck down in a court. Mm-hmm. They know that they want that because they want to get it up to the conservative Supreme Court. And the problem maybe right now is that if nothing else changes, like John Roberts has done this repeatedly over the course of the past few years, he's said, like, I'm not giving you a victory if you give me a stupid case. Right. Like, I think he totally wants to help conservatives. Oh, I'm not pretending he's liberal. He but was he's telling like, hard on that yeah. one. But he's basically like, if you give me a stupid case that makes me look partisan, I'm not going to do it. You got to give me like a borderline case or like push the edges. Right. Go full on crazy. Right. Yeah, but like, again, I, who knows? We all need to. It's him saying, like, I, we have the same goal, but you need to let me do this in a like. Yes, I want women to have no say over what happens in their body. Of course, that's what I want. That's what we all want. But you need to do it above board. Yeah. Um, which man? I hope those judges. I know judges are retiring, and that's good. And I hope the. I hope Clarence Thomas retires. He's not, but I hope he does. Um to get any semblance of sanity back there too. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, hey, where do we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my handle, which I changed recently to just my name. It's Jess Blumke, J-E-S-S-B as in boy, L-U-E-M as in Mary K-E. 
Um, you can also find me on my um, Etsy shop. It's Bitches Get Stitched Done. I do a lot of custom cross-stitch work, so reach out. They started about 50 bucks. I'm a little behind because I got a lot of orders recently, but um, I'd be happy to work with you to make something. Um, and you can also listen to my other podcast. Uh, uh, it's called Cooper Duper. It's a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people that I do with my husband. Uh, and we are kind of into season three right now. So if you're looking for something to watch and listen to, um, maybe check that out. We have literally dozens of listeners. Excellent. How about you, Hammett? Where can we find you, bud? I'm at Hammett Meta on Twitter. Go to FriendlyAtheist.com. You could support this show at Patreon.com slash FriendlyAtheistPodcast. And just for patreon subscribers only you can get access to an interview i just did with actress alice gretchen who wrote this really awesome memoir about leaving fundamentalist christianity it'll go out on the main podcast feed in a week or two so check yeah. that out thank you so much we'll we'll see wait, you next wait 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 you can leave a review on itunes uh like this one leave us five stars leave us a review i'll read it what this review is called what type of dog is dotty it's from you'll never catch me chris hansen which is extremely fucking <laughs> funny i like the podcast and Hemet's appearance and jeopardy he can be a tough tough boss for just to work with though hey he's not my boss fuck you what game show will he go on next? He's trying to actively get on Survivor. Everybody knows this. What type Everyone of dog is Dottie? Know. She's a Pitbull Lab Dalmatian Terrier uh, cattle dog mix. Um, she, I imagine her being a tiny dog that just carries around in her purse. No, she is 75 pounds. If you've heard her bark, I do not know why you think she's a small dog. She is loud and big and dumb. Uh, okay, that's it. That's all. I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye, all. <laughs>